and welcome to Life with Epilepsy. I'm your host, Amanda Robar. Today, I thought we would talk about sending your child to school for the first time. Now, your kid, they can probably be really excited. They're starting JK just like their neighbor. Their big brothers in school, they're gonna be in the same school as their big brother or their big sister. They are super excited. They can't wait to do the crafts that some of their other friends have done the year before, but they weren't old enough to be in school yet. Just because they didn't fall before the December 31st deadline to be in JK. They were born on January 1st. But they are so excited to be able to go to school and you don't want to diminish that. You want to encourage it. Now at the same time as the parent, you are having a heart attack. You want to know that your child's gonna be safe. You want to know a ton of things. You want to know well, where are the meds going to be kept? Uh, in an emergency, who's going to be called down? Is there a nurse in the school? Um, maybe, like, a lot of the time there's not. In one of the schools where I was, there was someone who had their nursing background. They'd gone for nursing and had that knowledge and decided to change careers because changing careers happens in life. Who's gonna track the seizures? Is there gonna be a mat for Katie to lie on? So there are so many things that are going through your head at that point before school starts. And one of the good things to do is to actually go to the school no, you can phone, you can send an email, but when you're on the phone, you might get put on hold. An email can take a long time to get back because there's hundreds of kids in the school. Even if it's a sibling thing, an email for one teacher to the parent, something else from another teacher to the parent. So it's best to go in person to the school and say, listen, Katie's going to be starting JK next year. Is there anybody in the school that is familiar with epilepsy? And maybe there is. And maybe there isn't. So then you can kind of ask, well, you know, I'm really anxious about this. Katie's really excited. But I would feel so much more comfortable if I was able to have a speaker from the epilepsy organization come in and talk to your staff. That would be really helpful for me and extremely helpful for Katie. And it would help the staff because I know that for Jim, she's gonna be going with another teacher and those prep periods. I know I know that my son Scott, he has 
three different teachers. He has one for music, one, one for gym, and then his homeroom teacher. What is Katie gonna have? You know, and they might say, okay, well, don't worry. She has a fantastic teacher lined up and there is a designated ECE in the room. So there's two adults in the room. And you're thinking that's great. That doesn't answer my question. So you have to kind of advocate for your child. And these days, for an IEP, Individualized Education Plan, epilepsy is on there. All right. So if they say, oh, um, is, is that something we should be really concerned about? D does she need an IEP? And maybe you don't know what that is. And you can ask, what's an IEP? Oh, well, it's an individualized education plan. We just want to know so that, you know, we can mark down that Katie has epilepsy. Is there anything else that we need to know that we could put on this? Um, that way we can develop a safety plan and call her down. Because um, you might be going, oh my gosh, where, where are the meds going to be kept? Are they in the classroom? Are other kids going to be able to get to them? No, meds are, are kept in the office and they're locked up. So, you know, you might want to say, would you like us to buzz Katie down to the office when it's time for her to take her meds? And she'll probably go down with the designated ECE or the teacher, whoever is uh, there at the time being, or maybe there's an educational assistant or a teacher's assistant in the room as well. And if Katie's going to be taking the bus, well, you're going to want to talk to the bus company. And in particular, her, her driver. And be like, listen, if there's an emergency, these are the things that you need to do, all right? Don't take her off the bus. Make sure there's a space when the kids are getting off the bus or getting on the bus, maybe we can just have them wait so that there's not a stampede running over Katie. So some things like that. Something else is you want to let the staff ask you questions without you getting your back up and becoming defensive and angry. Um, because the staff will need to know answers to things. Does Katie have a tonic-clonic seizure? Is that the kind she has? And um, if so, does she have a change of clothes? And, you know, all kindergarten kids and grade one should have at least a change of clothes. So, just saying. There's always, it's always good to have backup. They come in sweaty. 
there's an accident, and they don't even have to have a disability. It happens. Kids get so distracted. Little kids get so distracted, and all of a sudden, it's like you ask them in advance, do you have to go to the bathroom? And they're like, no, no. You do another round, a second round of, all right, we're heading outside now. I know you've had your lunch. Are you sure you don't need to go? Oh, no, no, I don't have to go. I don't have, and you get 20 kids saying they don't have to go. And then you get outside and one of them goes, I have to go. <laughs> All right, can you tell I've been there, done that? <laughs> Seven years in the kindergarten pod. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> and you're, you're going, oh man, Joe has to go. All right, well, let's send him in with a friend. And all that fun jazz. Are there any students in the grade five through sevens that would like to take Joe in to go? But, you know, maybe Katie does have tonic clonic and requires multiple changes of clothes. You don't want to get defensive about that. You know, they might ask, does she need help changing? Well, maybe. Most likely, she's going to be exhausted. And you don't want her laying in her wet clothes. So you're going to want to find a private space for her. And then just let her lay down and rest. Maybe she doesn't have that kind. Maybe she has absent seizures and stares out into the distance. Right? So maybe she has multiple different kinds. Maybe your child is moving schools. So now you have to restart all over, just like if your child was in kindergarten. Trips, taking trips. You want to make sure that everyone is comfortable. When I was in grade eight, we did the Ottawa trip. And that required volunteers. And I was so excited. I was so excited. And then they said, so your dad's going to be coming with? And I was like, what? No. And I got home and we were talking and they said, the school's concerned about if anything happens to you. That's the reason they're asking that we can bring dad along because, you know, I have to be working in the school, but your dad can take a little bit off to go on the trip. And here I was in grade eight thinking, this is gonna be so awesome. No mom, no dad. I'm gonna have so much fun and, you know, 
whoever's parents might be there, volunteers are going to be there, but that's fine. And then I got hit with the blow of, no, your parent is going to be there. One of them, anyways. So as a, as a kid, it can be a catch-22. If the school's very concerned, they might ask one parent, do you mind coming? It's going to be a distance away, like Ottawa. <laughs> I would feel, or the school would, would feel a lot safer if they had someone from the family go with in case there was an emergency and they were walking with a crowd of five other students and a volunteer who doesn't know them. So like I say, it, it can be a catch-22 at times. And then you might have the kids going to the farm. They're in kindergarten to grade two, doing different activities at the farm for various reasons. Well, you, you know, that's kind of up to you. Do you want to volunteer? Is the school gonna be incredibly nervous about having your kid go on the bus and go to the farm? Well, they, they might be nervous, but if you say, you know what, Katie rides the bus to school. I'm I'm confident that everything will be okay. She has to be on the bus for 30 minutes anyways. So it should be all right. And you will probably get to know some of the parents as you go to pick Katie up from the bus stop. Oh, who are you waiting for? I'm waiting for Tyson. This bus takes forever. It is the long, and I am cold. It's the longest route, but I don't want to miss him. Oh, I understand. Oh, Tyson? Katie's mentioned Tyson before. Oh, yeah, and you can, you know, and you start striking up this, this friendship with the parent, and then maybe you are working the day of the farm trip, but Tyson's mom isn't. And maybe she says, hey, I'll be a volunteer. And then you're like, well, I feel good now because I've talked with Tyson's mom about Katie and they've come over and they've been in each other's houses and had a lot of fun. I feel confident that sending Katie on this trip with Tyson's mom as a volunteer is going to put my, my mind at ease. So just, they are big things to think about. 
But in the long run, you want to encourage your child. You don't want your anxiety to roll over onto them. And it is so easy to do. Parents, it is very easy to do. living in the the shoes of someone who has epilepsy and the odds of Katie coming back from school on that bus or maybe even walking with her big brother who knows however they get around to the school We'll probably come running up. Mom, I had such a great day. Dad, I made a craft. We did our names. You had to copy our names. I get to be the star of the week next week. They probably get really excited. Right? And did you make any friends? Yeah, Georgia and Scott and Fred and, and, and I can't remember his name, but I think it was Joey. And, um, well, the girl with the red hair, I don't know about her yet, but maybe she could be friends with us. And we did sit together at lunch. So I think that it will be all right. Your kid's going to have a mouthful to say after that first day of school. Even if they don't say something right away. When you get through the doors, do you, do you have anything for me? No. Let's look in your backpack. Holy moly, there is this giant amount of paperwork. What is all this paperwork? Oh yeah, Mrs. S said to give that to you. And this book, oh yeah, we get to start learning how to read. And they said that I could take home a level three book. All right. Well, let's sit down and read together. And then they're probably off waving to their friends as their friends go down the street. Bye, see you tomorrow. All that fun stuff. And you get to watch your child grow and develop. Will there be delays? Yeah, most likely. But at the same time, you know your child, you know your child best. And when they start to go to school and start bringing things back, you're gonna know their strengths and where they struggle. And that way you can start to incorporate that into their IEP, all right, when you have meetings, when you meet with the teachers. Kindergarten's now over. Now they're, they're stepping into the big shoes, the big playground, they're in grade one. All of a sudden your child's in grade eight and there's that trip to Ottawa. And what does that mean next? After that Ottawa trip at the end of the year, you are heading, sorry, your kid is heading to high school, into grade nine. And that 
means that all the paperwork, the documentation from elementary school heads over to high school. And then you get to have the meetings again that you had with your child's teacher in kindergarten. And the person that was gonna be doing the gym with them and library with them and all, any, any staff, anyone at all. And you probably get to meet almost every single staff member throughout the years. And there might be changeovers. And that's normal. But you probably will know almost every staff member by the time your child graduates. It's a journey. And it can be a tough one. And you can be having heart attacks galore when you first send your kid to school. I know that my parents were. I know they would stand there until I was through the doors. Uh, I know that instead of just dropping me off when I was in, uh, in grade two, even grade one, but my mom would just stand there and make sure I got in the doors. So not even kindergarten, not even walking through the doors to kindergarten, but no, walking through the main doors to school and uh, the side doors. Because back then, when I was in grade two, um, my seizures were not that great. And I do remember going down once when I was um, in line waiting to go inside. My mom was standing outside waiting for me to go in. And I could remember hearing go. And I was trying to say I can't because I couldn't see. And then all of a sudden down I went. And I remember waking up, oh gosh, I think that was the library. I think I woke up in the library once. And I know once uh, later on in life, in elementary school, I woke up on a sofa in the uh, staff meeting, the staff room, sorry. And other times it was like, you would wake up on a mat. So. And then you, you know, sometimes it might be that emergency number. So you have to fill out paperwork right away. Um, who's going to be the emergency contact? What's the best way to get in touch with you? All that stuff. Um, is there anything we need to know? Is there someone who should not be picking the child up? A ton of, of things. Um, 
is it primarily going to be you? Is it going to be kind of split between you and your spouse? Um, do they go home with a nanny? Whatever. They, you know, they don't need to know all of that particular details, but they do want to make sure that they're sending the kid home with the right parent. All right. And if they're going to a friend's house later in the year, later in the year, but not right away, then there needs to be a note from you, the parent, saying, after school, Tyson's mom is picking Katie up and they are going to Tyson's home. All right, there needs to be a form of communication. So that that way, someone can say, oh, hey, by the way, Katie's not going on the bus. Apparently, today, she's walking home with Tyson and his mom. Or getting on the bus with Tyson. And Katie's mom's not going to be there, but Tyson's mom will. It's, you know, one of those, you don't want to be a hoverer. And I talked about this way, way back. Um, but you just need to be prepared. And you need the school to be prepared. But don't be a parent who, who phones every five minutes, every 10 minutes. Is Katie okay? It, it, did, did Scott come down to, to see if she's all right? No, don't send the big brother. Don't send the big sister to do checkups. Now, if that's in the safety plan, that Scott comes down at lunchtime because he has break now, just like everyone else in the school, you know, he has his own life, but okay, maybe in the safety plan, Scott comes down at lunch. How you doing? Good? That's awesome. Enjoy the rest of your lunch. Alright, just, if that's in the safety plan that he comes down at lunch, he comes down at lunch. Maybe he comes down at recess. Hopefully not. Hopefully you let Katie experience school life as independently as possible. Maybe she's an only child and that's something that really, really worries you. Is she going to have anyone look out for her? Absolutely. You're... you're not throwing your child to the wolves. It seems like it. Yeah, it can seem like it, but you're not. As long as you have a plan in place and the school puts that plan in place, and maybe it ha maybe, maybe the plan that you want can't be done exactly to the T that you would like it. All right? Maybe there needs to be a little tweak. All right, and maybe you're a little uncomfortable with that tweak. 
but the staff usually can say, you know, it's just that we don't have that particular mat available. Can you provide one from home? No, you need them all for home. Okay, well, you know, there's no problem with us grabbing one of those giant blue mats from the gym, if that's what she needs. So any special equipment that your child might need, it all varies. Everyone is unique. Everyone's seizures are different. Recovery time varies from one person with epilepsy to another person with epilepsy. But what you need to remember is you went to school too. You had an education. Your parents weren't hovering over you. You're not hovering over the big brother. Don't hover over Katie. Put that plan in place. Get it set. Contact the school before school starts. Like I said, go in. All right, it can be mass chaos because everyone's setting up and all that jazz. But if you go in and you say, listen, I'm Jessica Jones and my daughter Katie Jones has epilepsy. Is there a time that we can make a meeting before school starts and I can have someone from Epilepsy York Region come in and talk to all the teachers about epilepsy. All right. And just take it from there. Let life flow. Let Katie be happy. Let her come home with smiles and giggles. If you have to pick her up because she's having a rough day, then, you know, you need to go and pick her up because she's having a rough day. And she's gonna be just as dis disappointed that you have to come and pick her up because she's having a rough day, that you are having a heart attack, that she's having a rough day. Because she's gonna be sad that she's missing out on the activities that her friends are doing. So that's also something to, to bear in mind. Safety, yes. Very, very important. Advocating, very important. But also knowing your child's emotions. Because this is a whole new ball game for them. In the school year, stepping into JK. Stepping into a new school. And then all of a sudden, 
that seizure hits, it's a bad day. And they were doing science experiments. Volcanoes. And it was Katie and Tyson's turn to do the volcano and she had a bad day. She had a seizure at that moment. She never got to do the volcano. They said, okay, Tyson, can you do it for us? I know you're supposed to do it together, but we're not gonna have any more days to do volcanoes. Today's the only day. And poor Katie's laying to the side, having the seizure. There's someone with her. And you know, Tyson is, you know, he's excited because it's the volcano, but you know, he, he's also a little bit sad because he's worked really hard with Katie on this volcano. So he does it, he does it. It's part of his mark. They're not gonna have any more days to do it. So, if you come across a kid, your kid, and another one who make a great bond, they can wind up looking out for each other. You know, it could be as, as simple as Katie running up and saying, Ty Tyson slipped on the ice and Tyson hit his head. And the flip side, oh, we were kicking the ball and Katie, Katie had a seizure and she fell. So when you get that, that friendship, they're looking out for each other. So yes, absolutely the adults are looking after all the kids, but it's also peace of mind for the staff knowing that these students have bonded and are looking out for each other because sometimes that's really rare. But when it happens, it's wonderful because you have to have your eyes everywhere, everywhere. There's not one or two kids at home. There are 32 kids in the kindergarten yard that you have to keep your eyes on. And there's two of you doing it. Sometimes a third person, depending on circumstances. So that's vote. Well, at least 10 per adult and then two extra. So, you know, 11 for two of you. So yeah, I just wanted to touch on this subject because it is quite important that we feel that our kids are 
in a safe environment and have a plan in place that the staff know what to do in case of an emergency, who to contact, the form of transportation the child is taking, having an IEP in place, whether you're gonna be a constant volunteer on trips or if you have to work and having that bond with another parent and them volunteering as well. Okay, these are all, all important things and not hovering over your kid. Not calling the school every 10 minutes, as I said. Not sending the big brother down, unless it's in the plan. So, I hope this has helped. I apologize. I uh, hoped ease some minds for the start of school. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to leave a message. Have a great day. I'm your host, Amanda Robar.